Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with David Freeman, who is the owner and founder of H2 Coco. We talk about how to adapt a small business during a crisis, his new venture, Our Pure Planet, and he gives advice for all aspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome to Coogee Voice. I do believe that we've got quite a good name for ourselves in terms of quality and and we've, as a team, we've really focused hard on our quality assurance processes and providing consumers with that right product. Just created this brand and this idea of it, knowing absolutely nothing about the beverage industry, apart from alcoholic beverages that I was selling at the time in a, in a, in a bar and restaurant, stuff like that, clubs. Yeah, look, in 2010, HPEGA was born. But let's not forget about this. And let's make sure that we take this time to even review some of your sustainable processes or your sustainability plans as a business too, because you've got probably got a bit more time to think about it now. Welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? I'm great, Marjorie. Thank you for having me. I'm healthy. That's the most important part during this time, I suppose. Yeah, happy to be here talking to you. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. But look, before we get into your businesses, you grew up in the South, you moved to the East. Why did you make this move to move to God's country? I will say it is God's country. Look, Cronulla, where I grew up, was an amazing area while I was growing up. You know, like it was, it's great. It has the beaches, it has waterways, it has all of that. However, I feel like there was a lot more business opportunity and potential for my business growth and self growth over in the eastern suburbs. And look, I went to school at Scotts, which is in the eastern suburbs, although year 11 and 12 I did back in Cronulla from prep school to most of high school. I was in the eastern suburbs. So I had lots of friends over here as well. I also started working in an industry in the city too, which, you know, saw me instead of commuting back and forth to Cronulla every day, living over this way. And I moved out of there when I was 18 years old and kind of never really looked back too much. So why would you? I think the eastern suburbs beaches are phenomenal compared to those in the south. I think but, all beaches are phenomenal. But yes, I do believe, um, look, I, I love Bondi Beach where I live now and, and even Coogee Beach is, you know, they're all beautiful. So let's get into it. Now, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find someone in the eastern suburbs who doesn't know. H2Coco was launched in Australia in 2010. Tell us a little bit about the journey and how you came to be building this business. Yeah, first of all, it's been an incredible journey. Uh, The first product arrived here in 2010, that's right, and it was a couple of years of development prior to that. Uh, The story actually came about, um, I was actually in uh, New York in a Bikram yoga class and the teacher gave me a fresh coconut. And he said a couple of simple words to me. First of all, he described to me the benefits of it and, and how tasty it was and all this sort of stuff. And I tried and I loved it. And remember at this time, I was hot and sweaty and super dehydrated from the yoga class and my body was craving something. And he said a couple of words to me that really sort of was one of those sort of light bulb moments. And he said, you just can't open it. You know, it's so hard to open. And at that point in time, coconut water didn't exist in the Australian market. 
And I searched the streets of New York trying to find a packaged coconut water because I was like, how good would this be in a bottle or some sort of packaging? And yeah, I searched the streets and, and walked into sort of 10 stores and the first nine stores couldn't find it. And then I found one and I was like, okay, so it can be done. Now, how do I do this and be the first to bring it to Australia? And so that was kind of more sort of 2007, 2008. And I borrowed some money from my auntie, put together a business plan, traveled to Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, Brazil in search of the right manufacturing plantation, just created this brand and this idea of it, knowing absolutely nothing about the beverage industry apart from alcoholic beverages that I was selling at the time in a, in a, in a bar and restaurant and stuff like that and clubs. Yeah, look, in 2010, Chicago was born. And wow, what a journey. We're now here. We just celebrated 10 years uh, last month. So pretty, uh, pretty excited about that. So it's been 10 years. Where is H2 Coco going now? You know, part of being a business in the modern day is about adaptability. And I think that's been one of the big challenges for many businesses, not just during COVID, but, you know, rapid technological change. People have, you know, fast changing um, demands and what they want from things. What have you been doing to be able to make sure that H2 Coco stays relevant? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because adaptability is one of our values in our company too. So, I mean, not only do we live and, and strive by it, but also our innovation and our product development replicates that and shows that too. So, look, first of all, where we're going, as a beverage company, we started off as coconut water. Now we have a portfolio of innovation that has expanded outside of coconut water into prebiotic juice ranges, watermelon water, banana water, coffee drinks, bullet coffee drinks. You know, we... Our whole mission is to empower people's lives towards making everyday healthier. And we want to provide consumers and retailers with a better four-year alternative to what they're currently drinking or eating, which is where we're going to head in the future. So although coconut water was our core and has, is still a big part of our business, H2 as a brand has adapted to other opportunities and evolved into many more soon to be into food as well, has been beverages to date, but you're going to start to see some food stuff coming out for us this year and, and even also reaching into sort of the vitamins and health space too. So that's kind of the evolution of the brand and we want to continue to kind of innovate and, and provide consumers with really good quality products. And uh, I, I, I do believe that we've got quite a good name for ourselves in terms of quality and, and we've as a team, we've really focused hard on our quality assurance processes and providing consumers with that right product for the right price as well and, and making sure that we offer the right ingredients and also our packaging and our sustainability values, which we'll go into sustainability a bit more later on. So you've just spoken about adaptability. I know it's one of the core values of the business. Just you know, very briefly, how have you had to adapt during this period with COVID-19? And I guess, is there any advice or things that you could share for other small businesses that are going through this time? Yeah, look, um, first of all, with, with other businesses, I think the best thing you can do is support your local community businesses, not only for business, for people. I mean, try to support each other during this time where you can one of the things that we've really had to adapt with as a brand and, and one of the positive and key takeaways that I've kind of had from this COVID situation has really been as a company, kind of what I'd like to call probably trimming the fat of, of your business and not in a weight loss th um, sense, but more so in the luxuries mm -hmm. of what you've actually been holding on to as a brand and what as a business 
really diving into your company and your processes and what you've been doing and is there things that you can let go of or is there a new process that you can implement that can improve your business that you've now been forced into doing? This is a perfect example of the sort of video calling and meetings and stuff like that. But how can you make those changes and adapt to new ways of working in your company? And can you do it without the expensive luxuries that you've had to better improve your business? Or can you look at supporting someone else locally that needs your help or a local community that needs your help with your product or your manufacturing or your printing or whatever it may be in the company? So yeah, look, as a brand, we've made lots of changes. We've we've been forced to, but Honestly speaking, I feel that this whole COVID, what has happened to everybody, we're all going to come out, apart from the ones that people that lost loved ones and stuff like that, and I feel my heart goes out for them. But I do believe that this we're going to see a better positive, more positive future and a better outcome from this. And I believe it's what you can take from it and how you can learn from it and change and adapt to adaptability that will help improve your future. Yeah, I think that's a really good message as well. Mm. Now, one of the things that government and the New South Wales government has really been um, sort of asking of Australian businesses is that they sort of pivot and retool. Now, you've launched Our Pure Planet. How did you come about with this new venture and what has driven that? Yeah, sure. So, look, Our Pure Planet was a, is a First of all, it's a conscious business that focuses on sustainability. We develop products out of recycled or reusable materials. And where we can't develop products out of those types of materials, we offset. So, and what I mean by offset is there's certain companies that have worked out, calculated the cost to remove a kilo of plastic from the environment or the cost to plant trees that would produce enough oxygen to offset your carbon emissions that you put back into the environment. So our Pure Planet is a 100% carbon and plastic neutral business. It had always it had been on my mind to launch this for a very long time. And one of the first ranges that we actually started doing was um, is phone accessories. Um, there's so many phone accessories out there and it's plastic upon plastic and the outer cartons of plastic and the trays of plastic and you know everything's just like it's an overkill of packaging and oil-based inks that are printed on the packaging and things like this. And so we created a range that is produced out of recycled or reusable materials. And our packaging is all recycled and even our inks are water-based. And that recently launched into Coles and it's got, you know, phone charges and stuff. But coming into the whole COVID, we saw the demand and the need for personal healthcare ranges, uh, hand sanitizers and soaps and things like that. And that we saw there's going to be a major influx of this sort of stuff coming into the market. And if we didn't sort of have stop for a moment and think about the impacts of putting all of that plastic into the market and sort of take some action on that, we've kind of forgotten about the environment and we're only caring about ourselves in that sense. So we decided to launch that 100% carbon and plastic neutral brand of hand sanitizer and soaps under our Pure, Pure Planet. And boy, that was the most craziest three months of my life almost in business sense, <laughs> bringing that into the country. And we started off, um, we, we, had, we have a team of people um, in China which was helping us source some products and we've used them for the phone accessories. And once we got them onto the personal care ranges and quality assurance, again, is also one of our biggest things. So we've got to go and review all these factories. We, we realized, I think it was um, ScoMo was actually doing an announcement around 
the need for all this personal care and hand sanitizer stuff. And, and that was kind of really the push that we wanted to make into that as well. When he, when he sort of mentioned that, that he couldn't get it and we're like, we're pretty sure we can get it, you know, like let's, let's give this a crack. And then it sort of came down to, okay, we can get the product, but we can't get it here. And we um, joked around one night around hiring a private chartered plane, a Boeing 777 plane to bring in the hand sanitizer to help get this to Australians as quick as possible during that time. And sure enough, about a week later, our first plane landed filled with uh, one and a half million units of hand sanitizer. And over the next two weeks post that, we brought in another three planes and really excited. We partnered with Coles and Chemist Warehouse and a bunch of other sort of retailers, the Redex store. And we were really grateful that we got to get hand sanitizer to the Australian community. And we came down and, um, and, and donated some to yourself as well. And donated to many other hospitals and stuff like that too. I just want to take that opportunity to say thank you very much. The hand sanitizers that you donated have ended up, I put them in at public schools Mm -hmm. as well as a number of bus drivers were given them as well. Um, So if you don't know, our bus drivers who are driving our public buses don't actually have any PPE and they haven't Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And these are people, you know, particularly operating in the eastern suburbs, which has been a bit of a hotspot, making sure that they had safe working conditions. So I just want to say thank you. And I know the bus drivers are incredibly thankful and the schools have given it as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we did this for. You know, we wanted to get this to Australians as quick as possible. And with your help there, we could get that to those people that needed it. In saying that, I'm not sure if you know, but do you know how many sort of bus drivers in your local area there are today or within your community or thereabout that are in need of it? I'm more than happy to donate some more to you to help you if you've got a need for it there. Oh, thank you, David. Let me know. (laughs) Thank you. Um, You've launched it. It sounds like it's going fantastically. Where to next for our Pure Planet? Yeah, look at Alpio Plant. We want to continue to, you know, provide consumers and retailers with this environmental focused products. So for us as a brand, we feel there is a big gap in the market for people really focusing on that, but consumers are becoming much more aware of it and more conscious of it too. So we want to continue to operate in the personal care space and the electronic space, but we're also going to expand the brand into multiple other categories the ones that we see are the highest need or the highest input of plastic into into the category. So where we find a, a suitable gap in the market where we can help solve that plastic input, that's the direction that we want to head and that's where we'll launch a range and work with the major retailers like Coles and Woolies. Coles has been an incredible partner with us for our Pure Planet. They're, they're currently got both the phone accessories and the personal care range. And yeah, like where we start, where we continue to see impacted categories, we want to improve it. Yeah. One of the challenges, uh, and I continue to hear people talking about it in our community, is the fact that you can now no longer bring your own cup to your coffee shop. And so the amount of waste and rubbish that is now being produced. I think we had pretty well trained most of the eastern suburbs and I've got mine here. And as I walked into work, my staff said to me, where did you get that coffee from? Who served you in your keep cup? I said, I made it at home. And they were like, oh, because it's, do you know what I mean? Like it's, and that's one of those things where I think we're now, you know, in trying to address the health issues with COVID-19, we've actually created another 
problem back again around waste where people have very consciously over the past few years been moving away from single-use plastic cups or single-use coffee cups. And it's going to be a really big issue. And maybe this can be one of the things that you can address with our Pure Planet. I'm so glad that you brought this up because I actually did a I, I post on my Facebook about this during COVID and where I was just kind of disgusting that I get the fact that people weren't accepting the keep cups because they didn't want to pass it on. But what's the difference between passing your keep cup back versus passing a paper cup back? I'm 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 not sure if I'm missing something there. But for me as an overview of COVID, like I've kind of seen this as mother's nature's time to work on itself. Like we've all given mother nature a break. But we need to be sure that we don't forget about it. Mm. And uh, that's a perfect example of us forgetting about the environment in that sense. So um, I'm hoping as everybody, and I I get it because, you know, during that time we all really did need to focus on ourselves as well and what we were doing. It's a lot of change, so it's hard to take everything on, but the environment's still there. It's not going away. We need to care for it at all times. And uh, I'm hoping that people don't forget it and continue to, you know, do the right thing in terms of that sustainable approach and companies also don't change their focuses on sustainability too because a lot of brands were in a good path and not even brands but also consumers were in a great state of mind of becoming more conscious around what they were doing like you said the eastern suburbs everyone there has a keep cup and that's very true um but let's not forget about this and let's make sure that we take this time to even review some of your sustainable processes or your sustainability plans as a business too because you've got probably got a bit more time to think about it now. Yeah. Look, I have to say though, even though this is a time where people are, I think, thinking about themselves, thinking about their families, trying to protect themselves, some really wonderful things have happened across the globe from the environment because, you know, in Venice, there's dolphins have returned. The waterways are beautifully clean. If you look out now from the eastern suburbs into the city, there isn't that like smog haze across the top. So it's actually one of those, it's been also an opportunity for people if they stop and actually take a moment and reflect and go, this is what the world could look like if we, you know, reduced our carbon footprint, if we, you know, weren't so dependent on coal. So how do we also then continue down that path. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is this is exactly right. The environment is giving us an example right now of when we do reduce all of that, look how much more beautiful we can be. And you just look at the ocean now. Like you you swim in the ocean every morning or every second morning or so and and so do I. I'd say there's plenty of money out here. <laughs> so I have wet hair. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's um, it's just on that as well. That is like my go-to. That is my meditation, my ocean swims. That is what makes me normal at most stressful times. <laughs> so jump in the ocean, it resolves everything. And you just look at the cleanliness of the water. Look how clear it is. Look at the life and the activity going on out there. It's just been incredible. I was just in Barrel on the weekend at a, at a farm that we have and it, and I was just even looking in, there's a, there's a big dam on this farm and I walked to the pier, the end of the pier one morning for sunrise and I could literally see to the bottom of the dam. Like, and I don't know how this is so because it's quite calm out there and there's no, that's not affected by anyone else's pollution, but it was crystal clear and I could see to the bottom there and I've never seen that in eight years of going to this place. I've never... And I don't know if that, like, it's obviously not affected by pollution, but it's just, what is it? Just Mother Nature's just all combined together and now they're just like, it's just enhanced its beauty even more. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah, it is. It is really great. And um, as I said, I really hope that we can actually continue down this path and reduce yeah. our carbon footprint. And I guess one of the things as well is there's looking already at increasing bike paths to get people back into the city. So that's something oh, that good. I'm pretty supportive of. Yeah, sure. Well, there's, you know, there's so many little things that we can all do like as brands, as consumers, as politicians. It's like, how can we all band together just to do those little parts? And I think the first thing is, is getting that messaging to the people out there, like the, the, just the small things that you can, the small differences that you can make that will eventually have a big ripple effect. David, you have won a really large number of awards. You've been Young Entrepreneur of the Year. You've been Employer of the Year by Food Magazine. You've been Small Business, Australian Small Business of the Year. You've been Exporter of the Year. I can go on and on and on and on. Now, for any entrepreneurs out there, what advice would you give them? Look, I think, first of all, thank you very much for acknowledging those. Um, I forgot about some of them. Look, it's... Um, I didn't do any of those awards without the help of my team as well. So it's not just a me thing. It's definitely the success of my team. Look, advice for entrepreneurs is business isn't easy and things don't come easy, but you know, persistence will always help get you there. It's you need to work. It's, nothing happens that comes overnight. Like this business has taken me 10 years to to get to where I've wanted it to be. And I'm still believe I've got a whole lot more to do. I'm constantly reading specific types of business books, but also lately I've been focusing on reading books, you know, that are for myself internally as well. And it's important as an entrepreneur to focus on your mental state too and your own well-being. Taking the time for yourself like meditation or good diet and exercise is always going to help you perform a whole lot better. David, now before you go, we've got three tough questions that we ask every single person that comes onto the show. You've got to tell us where is your favourite beach in the eastern suburbs, where's the best place to get a coffee, and if you're going to have a binge day, where would you get your best burger from? Yeah, sure. Look, our favourite beach, I'd have to say Bondi because I live on it. I know you're quidgy and it's a rivalry, but yeah, I still am loyal. I actually live at Bronte Beach. So. You know, Bronte's up there with also one of the most yeah. beautiful. Like it, it's, it's a hard, tough decision, but I stick to where I live. Uh, my favourite place for coffee, I like Porch and Parlour. They've got uh, maca milk there, which is a, a great macadamia milk. Mm. Um and uh, my best burger, if I'm going to indulge, I'd probably say is Milky Lane. That's a big indulgent. It's my friend and it's like you ask the question for indulgent and uh, that's the place to go, get it for. I'm sure Christian's happy with that plug as well. Um, he would love it. Yeah, <laughs> He's a good man, Christian. He's good at what he does. He is. And those burgers are absolutely an indulgence. That is a very nice way of putting it. Yeah. So, David, thank you so much for joining us on Could You Voice. If anyone would like to learn more about H2 Cocoa or our Pure Planet, where should they head to? Yeah, thank you for having me, first of all, h2coconut.com or ourpureplanet.com. Now, wasn't that a refreshing chat? How great was it to hear about how businesses have been using this time to reset and to hear David's insights and advice from during this time? Now, if you'd like more information about H2Coco or Our Pure Planet, head to h2coconut.com or ourpureplanet.com. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.